sorry I don't love you A phrase I've grown accustomed to Because with you something isn't wrong Something isn't wrong Something isn't right Hey everyone, welcome to Geekdom is back. This week I have on Derek Hayes and we are going to be talking about Mark Miller's Old Man Logan story, which for anyone who has not read it, here's your warning. There are going to be spoilers. So if you want to pause this and go read it, I highly recommend doing that. It runs from Wolverine number 66 to Wolverine number 72. And then there's a Wolverine giant size Old Man Logan issue to close out his run on the Old Man old man Logan storyline. But Derek, you are quite the Wolverine fan, it seems. So what sort of drew you to the story? Well, I was a big Wolverine fan growing up. Uh, read all the X-Men books back in, you know, late 90s, early 2000s. And I kind of fell out of the comic book stuff around high school, but started back about five years ago. So, uh, yeah, just Wolverine was always a favorite of mine. So any of the big buzz books I'll go ahead and check out still so that's what kind of drew me to old man Logan and man what a book yeah and before we started sort of figuring out which Wolverine comic we were going to cover I didn't even really know that this run existed because from what I've been hearing more of you know most people are talking about the run that started in 2015 and the new run that started last year So it's sort of been the more recent Old Man Logan stories that I've been hearing about. So I was kind of excited to dive into this because I didn't even know it existed. And it's a little jarring at first if you don't really know what's going on, because I believe it takes place in an alternate universe, obviously, because of the content of the story and everything. And, you know, we have Mark Miller as the writer and Steve McNiven on pencils who I believe I know from something else. I can't just think think of it off the top of my head right now. But how familiar were you with Mark Miller and Steve McNiven prior to reading this comic? I'm honestly not at all. I mean I have okay. like going back and looking at their bibliography, like I haven't really read any of their stuff. So it was a pleasant surprise. I mean the art looks great in it. I mean, you know, Miller wove a damn good story i mean it's uh you know it's just more of a dark gritty i mean at the very end of it it's you know almost kind of like a tarantino revenge piece i mean it's just a really great book yeah and i haven't read too much of mark miller stuff or anything that steve mcniven has worked on either but i have read you know superman red sun i would say that is sort of the big mark miller work that i've read uh, outside of this And, you know, he's one of those writers who I definitely have more of his stuff on my list to get to. But I feel like, you know, obviously there are so many comics to get through. And (laughs) yeah, personally, I read this on Marvel Unlimited. So it's like, even though I have Marvel Unlimited, I had no clue it existed because they have what, like 18,000 issues of comics or something crazy like that. Yeah, that's. Marvel Unlimited's great. I don't use it as much as I should, but yeah, I've read a House of M on that recently, and yeah, it's a it's a great service. But yeah, there's just so much on there. You could, I mean, you could never get to it all. Yeah, definitely. And I think 
what I've been doing is with my library in there, I'll save the first issue of either of so either the number one issue of a series or the first issue in a specific writer's run on the series. And right. so I'm not even saving all of the issues I want to read. I'm just saving the first issue of a run that I want to read. And I have like over a hundred things saved in there. So it's going to take me quite some time to make my way through what I've saved in my library. But why don't we sort of talk about the plot of this before we really dive into spoilers? Do you want to let the listeners know what this was all about? Uh, yeah, that'd be a good idea. And I'd like to just... Uh... <laughs> throw out beforehand i mean some there might be some loose themes and stuff tied to uh logan the movie coming out in march so i mean right. you might want to check this out before uh before you see the movie and before you listen to this obviously so <laughs> i mean it's a it's a post-apocalyptic story uh takes place after all the superheroes are gone wolverine gets uh tricked by Mysterio into killing the X-Men. The villains organize and take over various sections of the United States, and uh, Wolverine lives in California where uh, the Hulk, Bruce Banner, is taking over that area and making uh, citizens pay rent. And it evolves into a revenge story against the Hulk, basically. So, Yeah, and, you know, obviously... Basically, what has happened is this is taking place 50 years after Wolverine last used his claws, supposedly. And, you know, we have him as an old man. And, of course, you know, he's one of those guys that's going to want to do work with their hands and everything, even though he's never going to use his claws again, according to him. And then we have Hawkeye come with his long hair and a ponytail and he's practically blind and still able to drive and i think <laughs> yeah hawkeye sort of really adds to the comedic factor of this run here and i think without hawkeye being well hawkeye to be honest right i don't know if this story would have quite worked as well i think you know logan really needed sort of I wouldn't necessarily say companionship from Hawkeye because he's just being himself and you know they were all superheroes at one point right and I think without him the story doesn't even unfold as we see it unfold because what happens is he comes to get help from Logan basically all he wants Logan to do is navigate him across the country to deliver what we end up finding out is a briefcase full of the super serum that made captain america into captain america yeah they're trying to make a whole army of captain americas but they ultimately end up getting double crossed by uh, isn't it shield that's working for the red skull now in it i believe yeah yeah and basically it's sort of this buddy road trip gone wrong essentially and you sort of see these little obstacles they have to face along the way although i don't know if i would call dinosaurs little obstacles but (laughs) still yeah dinosaurs with the uh, venom uh, symbiote on it yeah and so they're starting in the area that is controlled by the hulk and then they drive through the area that magneto originally took over which is now conquered by a different kingpin and you know hawkeye finds out that his daughter has been 
captured and his daughter is not only his daughter but the i believe it was granddaughter of the granddaughter of uh peter parker correct so you know she has the superhero thing in her blood and she's not planning to use it for the good that hawkeye was expecting so that's sort of when i think things really start to take a turn for the worse in this series right and it's also when logan has to start thinking again of you know having to fight his way out of situations instead of walking away or taking a beating as he did earlier in the book so yeah i'd say that was the you know the start of the big turn for logan in the story yeah and you know obviously logan is on this time frame because we see in the beginning of this series that he doesn't have all of the money that he needs to pay the hulks for the rent and they are sort of these like redneck hillbilly hulks which i find entertaining on a whole different level but you know yes they're they're coming around asking for rent so hawkeye offers him a way to make some easy money and he has to do it in i believe a couple weeks is the time frame that he's given yes he gives him he gives him two weeks and basically what happens is they don't hold up their end and they go and essentially slaughter logan's family before the two weeks is up and you know things go wrong once they hit their destination and you know because he still has his healing factor it just takes him a lot longer to heal than it did when he was a younger wolverine he's able to get back and he comes back to this huge tragedy and everything and i think you know mark miller wrote this so well and even steve mcniven having the task of drawing all of these crazy things that have happened throughout this series to see how it all kind of builds up in logan as we go was such a smart move on their part because you know his family is everything to him and basically in order to get him to pop his claws again he has to go back to that moment where he lost everything he had yeah i mean it's just a a tragic story and i mean going back we didn't really even touch on the fact that as wolverine settled down after the x-men were gone he uh he started a family, had a wife and a son named Scott, I thought was funny, and a daughter. And, uh, yeah, I mean, just they were living under horrible, hard times, you know, under this family of Hulk's thumb where he couldn't pay rent. He was having to talk about selling his children's toys to pay the rent. I mean, it's just a really sad story. Yeah, and like I said, with Hawkeye sort of adding that comedic factor while he's away from his family, it sort of makes you forget about that, even if it's just briefly. But when, you know, the opening issue, it's sort of like you just see how much being Wolverine really took its toll on Logan, and he won't even go by Wolverine anymore. He's always like, that's not my name. It's Logan. I go by Logan now, yeah. And what are your thoughts on sort of 
the idea of this being in an alternate universe did you sort of wish they could have expanded on this alternate universe more i don't know if you've read any wolverine issues before or after this so was this sort of set in its own little thing or did you actually get to see the supervillains defeat all of the superheroes i'm almost positive it was its own little thing i didn't i didn't read anything before or after the old okay. man logan run like when i when I got back into comics, it's just so hard to follow all the yeah. superhero <laughs> comics with, you know, you know, you know how they are. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, to me anyway, it's just its own little, you know, piece of the Marvel story. I, I look at it as its own thing as it is. I mean, it, it's just an incredible book. Yeah, and I do want to talk about the vehicle that Hawkeye is driving when he comes to pick up Logan, he calls it, <laughs> I believe he calls it like the spider car or something like that. It's the it's the spider buggy. Okay, yeah, and basically, you know, obviously a Peter Parker designed car. It can sort of do anything you want it to, and even at first, Logan is sort of hesitant because yeah. he's like, "You can drive this thing, but you're blind." <laughs> <laughs> and you know, Hawkeye just seems to. Right have no care in the world but when we hit that moment where he finds out his daughter has been taken it's like he sort of becomes just as protective of her as wolverine is of his family correct yeah and i think you know that sort of correlation there really gives you just how dire things have become especially for someone who is still as sort of cheery and cracking jokes like hawkeye is right and i mean i mean yeah the place is really i mean everything is bleak i mean there's you know hank pym skeleton laying with a building on top of it i mean it's just like i said the world is just a nasty nasty place in this book yeah and i want to sort of talk about the trip a little more because they do run into some other people along the way you know they get themselves into trouble again and this is when they're being chased by the venom symbiote infused dinosaur that we mentioned earlier and they end up being rescued and teleported by white white queen and black bolt which white queen i believe is just emma frost working under a new name because she's married Dr. Doom and there's all these, you know, crazy storylines for these other characters that I feel like could have been explored more. Do you sort of wish that outside of this old man Logan run, we saw those things happen? Oh, absolutely. I, I think, uh, I think an Emma Frost Doom book would be very interesting or, yeah, you know, uh, kingpin with his street fighting and sending daredevil and punisher to a pit to be eaten by right. raptors i mean yeah i mean and kingpin apparently killed magneto to get his jurisdiction like yeah i would love to see all that stuff that, that would be great yeah and with white queen and black bolt they're sort of living in this it's almost a fantasy world because Emma Frost is using her psychic abilities to make everyone see sort of what they want to see. Right, like huge lavish buildings and making herself look younger. And, you know, then she tells Hawkeye and Logan, like, 
hey, here's your buggy. It's all nice and pretty and cleaned up now. And this is how we do things around here. And it's like she almost wants them to stay just because there are so few of the, the superheroes left that, you know, you see this core little group here living in this sort of world that used to be. I guess you could say, because when they are driving the buggy across the country, it's just so barren and everything with the exception of, I believe, two or three places that are sort of more built up and have a lot more going on. Yeah, I mean, there's basically like four sections of land now where everything's happening. California's, the Hulks, like Nevada, Arizona is uh kingpins and then all the way to the east coast you've got the red skull president in the lighthouse i mean yeah and that's definitely another moment to sort of talk about a little more in depth because we see red skull and he's wearing captain america's costume and he makes some snark about them always having these fantastic looking costumes and everything. And he's just so far out of his mind, basically that even some other people are like, why are you wearing this sort of thing? And, you know, I think it's that moment where you just sort of, you don't necessarily see it come to life, but you can tell all of his hatred basically was focused on Captain America and he's sitting there or standing there in his trophy room where he has you know Captain America's shield up on top and then he has Iron Man's suit and it and it's sort of like anything having to do with Captain America and the Avengers he just wants to in a way destroy it but then he wants it for himself at the same time yeah I mean uh, he's just totally sitting there feeding it ego that you know he finally took them down and he's got a little trophy case for it and he's just he's crazy yeah and i think that sort of makes that moment where you know wolverine takes them all out even better because you know hawkeye does not have the (laughs) regeneration powers basically that logan has so it's like okay we know hawkeye is gone And as a result, Logan sort of goes all Logan on them, but he still refuses to pop out his claws. And instead, he's using the trophies against Red Skull. And I think that's just such a great moment there that it's like... Right, using using Cap's shield to, I mean, to basically take his head off, I mean... You can't get more badass than that. Right. And, you know, it's like he can still fight the good fight without having to use his claws and everything. So he still has this fight in him when he needs it. And I think that's just such a cool side to see of Wolverine because we're so used to him just resorting to his claws for everything. And it isn't until he gets back and he literally takes the iron man suit puts as much of it on him as he can and just flies tries to fly himself back to his family because he knows he's on a time crunch and you know we see him ignore all of the warning signs that the fuel rods are running out and he 
has this crash landing basically and he's still in such a hurry to get to his family that he's sort of yelling at everyone who gets in his way yeah hitting them with the briefcase full of money he took from red skull but yeah then he, he gets back to his house and I, I guess it was his neighbor there they uh they tell him basically the hulks got bored and they killed his family before two weeks was even up right so that's when i mean his neighbor begs him not to not to retaliate because that'll make life harder on them and uh you know logan's just pissed he finally pops his claws and that's when the 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 last issue the giant sized issue i mean like i said earlier it's basically a little a Tarantino revenge story from that point out, just super violent and very creative ways of killing people and just a, just a big finale to the, to the story. Yeah, definitely. And I think what makes the whole run so great is that, you know, they sort of show Logan go through all of the motions and just how much it would take for him to become Wolverine again. And I think it's sort of nice knowing that because when we typically see Wolverine, he's sort of like the lone wolf, so to speak. And he doesn't really like being part of a team too much. He prefers to do things on his own. And when he has to, you know, teach the kids at Xavier's school and everything, it's like he's always the one that's like, oh, I don't really want to do this. And he's grunting and drinking beer all the time. So to see that <laughs> despite everything that happened, he didn't end up solely on his own and sort of still had something to live for i guess you could say it makes this right you know all that much rewarding i think in the end even though it is so tragic of a story you know we're seeing him lose everything all over again and we even see like you said what happened to him when he destroyed the x-men all on his own because his mind was being messed with and he thought he was killing all of the bad guys. So it's like Mark Miller makes him relive this moment. And I think it's a very smart choice because then it lets the readers really understand why he's refusing to be Wolverine again. Yeah. I mean, he just doesn't want to want to lose control like that ever again, harm people that he loves. And yeah, I mean that, that flashback basically took up a whole issue. I mean, it was just some heartbreaking right. stuff. I mean, when when he finally, when Mysterio finally reveals himself and uh, Wolverine figures out that he's been tricked and all that, I mean, he's holding a dead Jubilee in his hands. And I mean, you know, she was always a very, very important, you know, friend, ally to him. And I mean, I mean, they have they have a lot of history and it was just so sad. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, with the Logan movie coming up, like you said, some of these things will play into that. And obviously, with it being in the X-Men series of movies, not every X-Men is going to be dead. So they're not going to be following this storyline to a T necessarily. It's just, you know. Lord Logan is sort of getting older and, you know, 
going to pass things on to someone else, at least from what I understand of this Logan movie coming up. But we'll still see sort of some of these aspects and themes from the comic. At least I hope so, anyway. <laughs> oh, totally. I agree. My my little working theory is that uh, is that Xavier was some kind of a cause of death for the X-Men or something like that. And that's why they're all in hiding in Arizona or whatever. Yeah, and with the giant-sized issue as the final issue, like you said, we sort of see him going through and killing everyone in the Hulk family, including Bruce Banner. And the way that happens is, you know, Bruce eats Logan. And it seems funny to me because, you know, Bruce Banner was always one of the smartest guys who was part of the Avengers. And it's like, really, you forgot about Wolverine's (laughs) healing factor? Even though he got old, he's still Wolverine. Nothing has changed about his biology, really, except he gets gets older like everyone else (laughs) right and just going back to banner being i mean he went from one of the smartest men in the world to owning up to screwing his what was it his cousin or his niece or something like that (laughs) yeah i i think it was like second cousin or something like that and that sort of goes back to that like you know redneck hillbilly lifestyle comment i made earlier that the hulk seem to be living now and you know basically what happens is after banner eats logan he heals from that and basically explodes banner from the, his insides and it's sort of just this really gruesome scene and you know i believe it's his nephew or something who walks in having absolutely no clue what is going on. And then Logan leaves with Bruce Banner Jr. Because the baby is, you know, sort of truly the only one who doesn't understand what's going on. And basically he wants to raise Bruce Banner Jr. to not become like his father is sort of my understanding when this whole thing ends. You could say to not be like his father or not like Logan, yeah. you know, he has a fresh chance to, you know, mold something, do something good, you know? Yeah. And he even makes the comment about Bruce Jr. being the first member on his new team. And it's like, okay, well, I don't really know what a baby is going to do for you right now, but I understand, you know, the <laughs> but point. at least it has Hulk powers. Right. <laughs> right. And, you know, he's just going off and traveling by horse with Bruce in a backpack, basically. And I think that sort of shows that even though, like I mentioned, he didn't necessarily want to teach a lot of the kids when he was first sent to Xavier's school and everything, it's like the kids sort of always tend to grow on him in some way. And I think, you know, how this end sort of epitomizes that and he really still is able to care about people despite everything that has happened to him and everything that he's gone through right yeah so what do you think about how they chose to end it in this way do you think you know you wish they sort of would have given you a little more because the last page in the giant size issue is 
him riding away towards the sunset on a horse, which is like a very Western type movie ending there. So, you know, it's like he's this one man soldier again. And I think it would have been nice to see him sort of have help from someone else. And obviously with Hawkeye gone, that made that ending a little different. But do you think it would have benefited Logan more if he had someone else that could sort of help him get this new team started again, other than Bruce Jr., who is a baby? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, yeah, I mean, obviously it would have, it would have definitely helped him. Uh, there just wasn't a whole lot there to help him anymore. I mean, the mutants, the only two confirmed mutants that were still alive was Emma and Logan, right? I believe so, yeah. And I, I think she said there were 20 or 30 still alive, but I don't think it ever really said who. But, yeah, I mean... I think it would be cool to go back and revisit that if he if he found some other people and you know was able to kind of rebuild. But I mean, obviously they're doing more Old Man Logan books now, but that's not the not the direction they've gone in so far with all the weird stuff after Secret War and all that. So yeah, and I have yet to check those out, but I know that after this run mark miller wasn't the one on the wolverine book so i think it would be cool if you know marvel would let mark miller go back and sort of expand more on this universe because like we said earlier we would love to see something with emma frost and sort of how she has managed to create this psychic hold so that everyone is constantly seeing this sort of makeshift world that looks a lot better than the world actually does and i think you know mark miller did a lot in so few issues with this that he essentially created this whole alternate universe in and a reality and i really wish we could just see so much more of it because the story with logan alone was so great and with hawkeye it's like okay show us those 20 heroes that are still around and sort of what they're doing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I totally agree. That would that would be amazing. But I just kind of wanted to go back to Hawkeye yeah. for a minute because he, he was, I mean, he was one of the best parts of the series. There was uh, one thing particular when they very first started their road trip. I think it was the place where he was going to see his daughter or his ex-wife to ask about his daughter or whatever when they were getting there you know he was talking about how insecure he felt you know when the villains came and started killing everybody you know they went after iron man and captain america and thor and you know everyone else but they just kind of left him alone so you know he 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 felt bad about that he uh you know, it made him feel kind of like, you know, he wasn't anything to be worried about, Like, you know, if they just left him alone. So there, I mean, he was a very, there's a lot to the character to him. I mean, he was kind of a, he was a jokester, but, you know, he had, he's gone through 
what did it say, three wives and yeah. didn't really have anything to do with his kids and, you know, he sells drugs. I mean, he's clearly been through a lot since, you know, the the world basically ended for them. And he's just a, he's a great character in the book. Yeah, I definitely agree. And another thing I really loved was uh, the Ultron coming out that was staying with his wife that Miller just completely turned Ultron on his head right, right <laughs> it, you know kind of made him sound like a like a worrying dad almost I mean I, it was just one thing from the book that stuck out to me that I really liked yeah and another scene I wanted to talk about is when they're passing through the tourist town basically and you see Thor's hammer and people are literally on their knees and you know, like bowing down to it, down to it. And I think that was just such a powerful page in itself because it's like, it's so surreal that these heroes are actually gone. And these were the heroes that were literal gods and, you know, superhuman. And then you have Hawkeye, who's sort of just this guy with a bow and arrow. And I think that sort of plays into a lot of the reason of him feeling bad and everything that they went after all of these people. And, you know, he's just a guy to a lot of people and he just happens to be very good with a bow and arrow. So to these supervillains, you know, Hawkeye alone can't do much about the majority of the supervillains out there because he doesn't have the same abilities that a lot of the other Avengers had. Right. I mean, and especially now, I mean, he's a blind guy with a bow and arrow. I mean, he, you know, in Red Skull's eyes, or Doctor Doom's eyes, I mean, he's not a threat at all. Yeah, and I imagine it would be very hard to get an arrow through someone like Doctor Doom. <laughs> There's a great little meta joke in, that Hawkeye made as well about, you know, heroes don't come back in shiny new suits anymore, any of that, that I really appreciated in the right. book poking fun at, at marvel right there i mean you know no death ever stays <laughs> yeah exactly and obviously when we see hawkeye go down it's like wow they really can't sort of fend for themselves like they used to and you know as the story ends we really see that logan might be the only one who can sort of bring back a revolution of heroes essentially and make things probably not quite to the way they were before but something closer to that time yeah i mean just even a little bit normal would have been better than what they're at now but yeah that would be a lot of work with the right. uh what are those mole men people that uh are sinking cities into the oh the i believe they're called moloids yeah yeah they'd have to dig up a few cities and there'd be a lot of work to get things back to normal in that universe (laughs) yeah and not to mention you still have this venom symbiote running around attaching itself to dinosaurs and everything so (laughs) aside from these big crime lords that you have taking over specific areas of the country you still have a lot of these little problems that you have to sort of get through first before you can even worry about taking things on a much bigger scale right yeah i mean there would just be a tremendous amount of work to do and 
still a lot more bad guys to fight to to get the world back even sort of right. But I, I totally agree. I wish that they would give Miller license to go back and tell some more stories in this world. Yeah, and I think the way he crafted each of the heroes that were left and even each of the villains that we saw, he did it so well in so little time, too. It's like, okay, you see Logan and Hawkeye saved by Emma Frost and Black Bolt, and it's like you instantly know what they're doing, why things look this way, and then you know they move on to the next thing, and there's just so much there that he could easily expand on that I wouldn't say it's disappointing that it didn't go further than this because this story is so great in itself that it's like, okay, even if this is all we get and it's all we have at the moment, it's still good enough and it's really a great Wolverine story. Totally agree. Yeah. And the Jeff Lemire stuff has been good, but it it totally takes Logan out of the the world from you know that Miller made and puts him back in the present time I think and it's just it's good it's just it's not what Miller Miller did yeah and here it says that this is taking place on Earth eighty eight hundred and seven thousand one hundred and twenty eight or something like that so <laughs> you know it's not even remotely close to the regular universe that the rest of the characters are usually in i would say and i don't even know if i got that number right i think i did either way it's like totally different it's not just like earth four it's like they pick this very long number for this to take place on and so you sort of at least know that this is taking place outside of the continuity, basically. Right. Yeah, those those uh, Marvel and DC timelines can be a real chore to uh, keep up with, for sure. Yeah, and I think it's really nice to sometimes have stories like this that have absolutely nothing to do with any other comic book series going on, because I know not everyone is a huge fan of events, but when we had the first civil war happen in marvel unlimited if you read every single tie-in issue you are going to read 98 issues about the same event and you know that to me is a bit much i think i got maybe halfway through it and then i sort of gave up because i was like okay i don't see why this needs to be happening (laughs) you know because you could just read the main civil war title and understand completely what is happening so i'm glad that while I would like them to spread out and sort of explain the other characters, I wouldn't think they would need it all to necessarily intertwine with old man Logan, if that makes any sense. No, that makes total sense. Yeah. Speaking of to civil war, I I tried to consume that series that way, reading all the tie-ins. Yeah. I finally just gave up on that. I mean, I didn't need to read all the new Avengers stuff and all that and just started reading the the main event books and then like Spider-Man and Iron Man, you know? Yeah, you sort of just pick and choose the main characters you want to focus on for the event and go with that because, you know, I think Civil War Two did a similar thing. I haven't read it yet. I'm sort of waiting for the whole thing to be on Marvel Unlimited because I know with the delays and everything in that, 
a lot of people were sort of getting tired of waiting for it to wrap up and everything like it sort of got dragged on a little too long and you know with stories like this I feel like it's just a nice little break from these big events that Marvel seems to do every year now I mean yeah that's right they do seem to do a big event and change things up about once a year now yeah yeah is what they have secret wars and then civil war and And I think they have something coming later this year too probably I'm I'm not sure if they do or not well, I think that wraps up everything I have to say on this. Is there anything you want to make note of before we wrap this up? Yeah, just as a kind of silly aside, <laughs> going back to Logan and his new life, I mean, he's he's a kind of a simple country boy now. And at right. one point early in the issue, I don't know why this cracks me up so much, but uh, Logan asks one of his kids to pass him some uh, bread rolls at dinner. And that just, that's so funny to me that he calls them bread rolls. (laughs) Right, as if you just said rolls, they wouldn't know what you mean. (laughs) Right, like, I mean, you don't go to an Italian restaurant and say, I want the pasta spaghetti or whatever. (laughs) Right, right. I want the pasta with the noodles, please. (laughs) Right, yeah. (laughs) But uh, going through, yeah, pretty well, <laughs> you know, Red Skull and Trump, that comparison is pretty easy. But uh, yeah, that about covers on notes. So, Yeah, awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on. I know I've been wanting to sort of branch out and talk about comics that are not Batman. So, I, you know, this is the second episode where I've been able to talk about a different comic. And I think, you know, Marvel has so much to dive into that the way I do this podcast it will be so easy to continually have topics so if there's ever anything else you want to discuss Marvel DC image whatever I'm happy to have you back on oh absolutely I'd love to come back awesome and to our listeners as always thank you for listening and we hope you enjoy the rest of your day thanks bye